TELUS International Studios, where customer experience meets digital transformation. And welcome back to TELUS International Studios, an original podcast series about world-class customer experience and the people who shape it. Brought to you by TELUS International. I'm your host, Patrick Hawhey, and in this episode, I am joined by Evelyn Doyle, HR Director EMEA at Patagonia. Patagonia is a company that is world-renowned, not only for making high-quality, sustainably-produced clothing, but also for the courageous decisions it makes in order to do the right thing, whether that is investing heavily in sustainability or empowering team members to take part in climate action protests. And empowering team members will be a key theme of this episode, I think. Culture, purpose and being part of something bigger is something that Patagonia has taken very seriously from day one. And the company has a deep understanding of how great employee engagement can lead to great customer experience. And to hear more about all of this, I am delighted to welcome Evelyn Doyle to TELUS International Studios. Thanks a lot, Patrick. Uh, good to be here today. Thank and you for having me. You're very welcome, of course, because Patagonia is is one of those companies that has an incredibly strong brand um, and is incredibly well known. So maybe just before we get into the, 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 the meat of our conversation, so to speak, j- just describe what Patagonia is and, and, and I guess what the, the main thrust of business is today. Sure. Um, yeah, no, again, um, back to your statement there, just very proud to to work for such an organization as Patagonia. First and foremost, we're a mission-driven uh, business and organization. Um, yes, we make um, clothes and outdoor equipment uh, for people who love wild spaces and to play and work in the outdoors. But more importantly, and it has been our you know, DNA for 40 years of our existence, 40 plus years, is that we are in business also to inspire others to come up with solutions uh, to the environmental crisis. We've always had um, um, the environmental uh, crisis and the environmental concerns at the forefront of our mission. So we believed always and still do that we're not just in business to make something and extract from our planet. We're also in business uh, to take care of the community and the planet uh, that we uh, live in, which is planet Earth. Yeah. And you mentioned being a mission driven company there. And I think today and over the last couple of years, we'll hear a lot of companies saying this and, you know, not to put, not to disparage any companies at all. But I think there's an expectation that, you know, to do business today, you, you kind of have to have a mission and, you know, let's spend some time and put some real investment into crafting something that um, that that sounds good. And yes, that's aligned to our to our new company values. But I think um, what's interesting about Patagonia is this has been there from the very start. You crafted your very first mission statement as far back as 1991. Uh, let's say before maybe before maybe it was cool to do so. And I think that's quite significant. Yes, it's true. It's it's funny how you put it that way that before it was cool to do so. I think we've always been before it's cool to to do so kind of organization. I think that you look, you've hit the nail on the head there. I think, you know, fundamentally, Yvonne Chouinard, who is uh, one of the owners and founders alongside his wife, Melinda Chouinard, both, uh, you know, 100% still own uh, Patagonia. You know, it's a privately held organization. Uh, We're the first benefits corporation also uh, within the state of California. Yvonne Chouinard and Melinda both um, have a love 
of the outdoors and a love of nature and a love of protecting wild spaces. And that has always been part of Patagonia's mission. So when Yvonne, uh, many, many years ago, first started off as uh, Chouinard, uh, you know, what is Patagonia today, making equipment, you know, for climbers because he loved the mountains and he was a climber himself. When he realized, you know, the harm that the pitons that he was making and creating and selling through Patagonia were actually harming uh, the place where he played in, i.e. the mountains. When he realized that, he went back to the business. And this was, you know, back 40 years ago and realized that, hey, we're going to have to change course here, which is, you know, financially burdensome and is going to create us complexity and um, uh, challenges. But it's doing the right thing because I don't want to harm um, the place where I play in and the place where we make things for. So fundamentally, they've never shied away from doing the right thing, even if doing the right thing means having either financial consequences to the business um, uh, and making very tough decisions, which, you know, we all know uh, that's where a lot of companies shy away from that because, you know, perhaps... Um, you know, they're shareholder driven and they have other, you know, uh, things that they have to kind of take care of or or take account of. But that still doesn't mean and, and I, I don't also believe that fundamentally, I think you can still do good business um, even as a shareholder driven uh, organization. And there's many, many big organizations really trying to go towards there now. But fundamentally, we have never shied away from you know, doing good business and doing the right thing. And doing the right thing means that you have to look at things holistically. You're part of the community. You're extracting from planet Earth. And that, you know, that's also why Yvonne Chouinard feels from, again, one of the very first companies to pay, you know, in the 1% for the planet. Um, so we believe, and Yvonne Chouinard has publicly stated, that that's our Earth ta tax. So he believes that if you're a business and, you know, you're extracting something from, uh, the planet in order to make something and, and we believe that we do make the best product um, you know that causes the least amount of harm and I think that line in our original mission statement is very important because I think saying that we want to cause the least amount of harm acknowledges the fact that we do cause harm we cause harm because we make stuff you know we have an industrial element uh, to our business and to our organization and that recognition is saying that, hey, hands up, we know and recognize uh, that we cause harm, but we will constantly strive to make things better in our organizational setup and systems and processes to cause the least amount of harm, because that's our job, that's our duty, that's our role as citizens of, of planet Earth. And Patagonia has never shied away from that again bit like the start of his company with the pitons and changing course on that. We also switched our, our full line to organic cotton as well in the in the 1980s time. And again, this was when, you know, many organizations felt that that was too burdensome, too complex, too, too much work probably to do that. But again, I, I think if we look globally and don't quote me exactly on this, you know, there's very few um, uh, companies like ours in in where we're making fabric, we're making clothes, and we're making equipment that has made that fundamental switch to organic cotton in all of their lines, you know, full stop. I think it's between one and 3% globally. So that just shows you that if we can do it, and you know, we're, we're a medium sized business in terms of, we're not medium sized in terms of our message or our mission, but you know, if we can do that in our product life cycle, 
and supply chain, I think that many other organizations can uh, do the same. It does require work. It does require you to be uh, nimble. And it does require you to recognize that you have to make that shift in how you do your business to take care of something more than just your financial growth. So Patagonia has never been a company as well that is overtly concerned about looking just at the figures and the cash flow and the financial numbers. It is always believed it's in business as part of the community, as part of, you know, um, a sort of the business as a citizen of the world. And, you know, we have a duty of care to take care of our community, the people within our organization, um, um, the resources that we, we avail of. So it's, it's always been a holistic approach uh, and a circular economy approach to business. And, you know, we're not in the business of taking quarterly calls on financials. And that's, you know, the be all and end all. Of course, we do manage our cash and our finances. You know, we're a business at the end of the day. But it's not fundamentally the overriding thing. The overriding thing is, you know, any key decisions we make in a business, is this the right thing? Are we doing the right thing? And that's been our DNA from the, from the start, which is build the best product, cause no unnecessary harm, and use our business to inspire others to solutions for the environmental crisis. And of course, and as you say, and and taking this approach does require some tough decisions sometime, sometimes. And when you're going to be making these kind of decisions that maybe go against what we're used to in business, you know, in more profit-driven um, uh, mindsets, then I, I, am I right that it's extremely important to have the right people on the bus? You have to be very careful about who you bring into the organization um, because they need to, to be very much on board and believe in this way of doing business as well. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, again, I think it's even more significant for us as an organization. I mean, as recently as last year, this um, the original mission statement was changed to just one line by by our owner and founder, Yvonne Chouinard, to we're in business to save our home planet. And he specifically mentioned home planet because, you know, he doesn't sort of buy into this concept that, you know, uh, you know, if we don't fix this one, we can live somewhere else. And, and another one sort of concept, it's it's the sense of urgency as well around, you know, the climate emergency and the fact that we're heating up and that we have like literally only nine years. Uh, as, as Greta said, uh, I want to, uh, we want to act like the house is on fire. And I think by Yvonne making that uh, mission statement change, it sort of centered us and focused us on even more internally as well as externally, that we are fundamentally a mission-driven organization that is in business to save the home planet and do whatever we can uh, ourselves and to inspire others to do that. So the people that we take into our organization and that want to come in and join us, it's very, very important that fundamentally, whoever you are and from whatever community you come from, that you have that in your heart, that you fundamentally believe there's more than just doing a job, that you want to participate in a purpose and in a mission. Because, you know, you can, you know, people are talented, you know, young graduates, et cetera, et cetera. They can go anywhere and do anything these days, you know. So we want people who really want to come to us because, we are a business that causes that, that wants to cause the least amount of harm in an authentic way, um, and that we we exist for more than just um, business alone, and that we want 
to uh, create the purpose, save the home planet and be inspiring to others. So I guess the people that we're looking for um, are inspirational people. I, I mean, a love of outdoors and a love of nature, I think is is fundamental if, if you want to join uh, Patagonia and and also having that mission-driven uh, part to you and, and to be passionate and to come to us with this intellectual curiosity as well, because I think what we have as a bunch of of, of, of team members here in Patagonia. We have a lot of mavericks. We have a lot of people who, who want to ask questions. You know, we, we don't really like to take in people who, you know, just sort of want to play the line or, or, or you know, not, you know, not ask the hard questions. Um, and, uh, you know, we kind of try to ensure that we're not in any way a hierarchical company and that you can come into this company and bring your human self to work. You know, we have People who come to us, they bring their dogs to work. And uh, here in Europe, you know, we have uh, in our Amsterdam office, we have a dedicated parents room where, you know, parents can come in with their kids and also, you know, mothers with the, who need to breastfeed so that, you know, they can remain connected to work. So we have a very different sort of office set up. And in our retail community, within our retail um, employee base, it, you know, these are the people who we, 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 we see are retail and um, you know the bricks and mortars of our retail stores as members of the community within the space and the country we operate in we are a community hub we're an activism hub and the people that we bring into our retail sector also within our organization are people who are passionate and um, you know and when customers come in the door they know that they're going to meet somebody who loves the mountains as much as they do, who loves to surf as much as they do, who loves to trail run as much as they do, who loves to ski as much as they do. And they can speak to the technicality of our design. They can speak to that customer about, you know, saving planet Earth and environmental endeavors because the people who generally want to, you know, buy our product are concerned uh, about these things. They, they want to protect wild spaces. Um, they have a love of a good quality product they have a love of, of tech, you know, good technical design, and that's what Patagonia is known for. So the people who we recruit within retail are truly passionate brand ambassadors, internal ambassadors and external ambassadors for what we do as a business. And I think it's also important that we recruit people who want to really be um, ambassadors of, of our organization internally and externally, and to understand that they whatever their role is, whether it's the accountant or someone in HR, like in myself, that we have a voice and that our voice and our role makes up everything that is to do with Patagonia. You know, if I take, for example, our accountancy team, we have accountants currently working, trying to change the banking system from within Patagonia or working with us in HR, trying to change the pension system. So looking at things from a systems thinking point of view and seeing how is it that Patagonia can be a platform and use their voice for, for change in, in all sectors and in all industries by making banks accountable and saying, look, we don't want you to invest in fossil fuels anymore. So the accountant is thinking about that and thinking about ways to partner with, with banks and, and talk about, you know, how can we change this internally in Patagonia? So I think people who want to come and explore be mavericks, ask hard questions, be passionate, have intellectual curiosity, a love of nature and the outdoors and protecting 
this planet. They're the kind of people we're looking for. And of course, we love and we're very inundated as well, thankfully, with people who are very talented and very skilled at what they do, because we do also need ex specific expertise. But it sounds what sh it's what shines through there is that, that you're looking for, in a very broad sense, a certain amount of bravery within the people within Patagonia. They, they need to be have the courage to challenge, you know, accepted norms around systems and processes. They need to have the courage to make tough decisions. And it strikes me that that's something that needs to, to be a, a shown from a top down perspective. And it brings to mind something very interesting from last year, a very brave decision where Patagonia essentially distanced itself from, you know, this sort of um, tech CEO, fossil fuel company, you know, the, the, the sort of the gilets or the or the, the vests and and kind of made a very um, uh, kind of made it very clear that we don't want the Patagonia brand to be associated with people who are maybe incredibly focused on pure capitalism or, or things that don't align with our purpose. Yeah. So making bold moves and challenging the status quo, that's definitely part of, of the Patagonia uh, DNA. And it's definitely part of something that we want to bring into nurture and continue to develop within Patagonia with, with the people that we bring in that make up, uh, you know, the culture that we have here. So I think, yes, being open to challenging that status quo and, you know, taking risks and making decisions that, you know, sometimes can be a lonely path uh, uh, for, for, for people. That's the thing that we want to do. Like we, we really nurture here um, the activism sort of spirit in people. Um, we, fee we ensure that our folks know it's okay uh, to bring your human self to work, uh, to bring um, that passion uh, to work. And, and this is seen like not only in that, uh, I think that move that, you know, our former CEO, Rose Macario, had a big hand in, in playing in. But just like if we take it back to, you know, Greta Thunberg, she really, you know, shone a spotlight on the climate crisis. And, you know, Extinction Rebellion is another sort of what's seen sometimes as a radical movement in the climate um, uh, challenging, you know, uh, organizations and governments on the climate crisis. I think, you know, we've partnered up with the Extinction Rebellion here in Europe, whereby we have allowed our employees to participate in Extinction Rebellion um, events, marches. We have uh, set about a, a bail policy so that if you get into trouble um, uh, on environment, on basically marching or having activism about uh, environmental um, uh, campaigns or marches or protests, we and then you end up, you know, arrested or in jail. We have a bail policy. We will pay that to get you out. We also have. Um, I've conducted last year with a, you know, basically a criminal lawyer. Uh, you know what it means if you got arrested. You know tips and tricks in terms of you know how you can manage to stay safe. We've also, you know, um, put together. A civil disobedience training and, you know, to make sure our employees stay safe when they want to protest on, impor on important causes that are close to our hearts. So, and we allow them the time off work to do that. So these, you know, the people that we have here are not afraid to question the system. And, you know, we try and also instill this system thinking approach. So system thinking, thinking means that you have to go to the root cause of, of the problem and not look at it just from the surface. 
and that means you know challenging the status quo like we're doing with you know that that um, piece about we don't want to be associated with, with with just pure capitalism we want to partner with people who want to really make the change you know that's whether it's partnering with others who are on the B corporation journey where you know you believe in the sustainable development goals you believe that you're part of a system that has to give back to society to society and that's the kind of uh, you know culture that we try to nurture here it's okay to be an activist it's also okay if you don't want to be on the front lines but we'll support you in your role you know, to support others who perhaps do want to be on the front line uh, for the causes that are close to our hearts. Very, very interesting. I really have to say that the uh, from a very practical perspective, Evelyn, um, I'm sure you get thousands of applicants for every one role um, going in Patagonia. Um, and I know you have an extremely, you know, popular internship program where you got 9000 applicants for only for just 16 positions. And from a, from a very practical perspective, that's tough. It's really tough for somebody like you and your team to try and find the right people within 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 a group of so many applicants. So on a, from a, a practical perspective, how are you doing that? How are you trying to find the people um, who will most closely align with those values you've just spoken about? Yeah, that's a good question, Patrick. And I mean, I think there's there's sort of two strands here because I also want to be careful and acknowledge, you know, in, in these times of justice, equity, diversity and inclusion, I think it's also important to say that while we welcome, you know, we want to bring people into our organization that, you know, are mission driven, we also realize that, you know, sometimes there can be barriers to that as well within our own organization. And while we want to build a certain culture we also have to take account that we don't want that to become a cult. And that's that's also sure. a fine balancing act. And, uh, you know, that, you know, part of the sort of the, the the balancing act you have to create with the diversity is really embracing that diversity <laughs> and, and culture add rather than, you know, culture fit. Yeah. So really acknowledging that person for the whole of themselves and what they can bring uh, to the organization. Um, so that that's one strand of it. I think, yes. Thankfully, um, the, unlike many other organizations, I've worked in a, as, as somebody who oversees recruitment uh, and attraction. I've never really had to um, uh, sit down and have long debates about employer branding because sort of Patagonia is, is, is by word of mouth. Yeah. It's just recognized for what it is. And we do have a hard time with really getting around to everybody who applies to, to roles. Like, for example, we had an environmental leader role about five years ago here when I first started in Patagonia that had 1,800 applications, you know, right across the wow. world. It's very difficult. And these people would have given the right hand, you know, to to take on that role. And we had to narrow it down to 20 uh, to find, you know, um, the Mihaela that we did find to be our environmental leader in, in, in Europe. But that that takes a lot of work and effort. And we have a referral system in Patagonia because we like to also, uh, we feel that, you know, our ambassadors here internally, they have a network of friends, colleagues, families that, you know, they 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 may want to refer to Patagonia because, you know, they're, they're either playing with them in the outdoor space or whatever, or they're joining forces with them on, on protests with, with regards to the environmental crisis. So I think uh, we use the referral system we do use agencies and headhunters when we have niche, niche uh, roles. Um, but honestly, we're just in, inundated most of the time 
with applications and most of the time it's just it's a hard work for me and the our HR team uh, and recruitment team specifically to get through all of that um, to the point that you know on our careers webpage we do have to write out now to say that look we unfortunately cannot get around to everyone and 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 that's a pity but like you know you'd, you'd want a lot of people uh, on the team sheet to get around to every single individual uh, that that applies to us all I can say is that I encourage people to continue to knock on our door and we're very very informal in this like I I don't know I spend a lot of my time meeting people informally for coffee uh, who want to join us but maybe we don't have the position but we also feel that that's important to us as Patagonia that we meet people informally for that coffee chat uh, because we want to make sure that you know we're connecting um, uh, people uh, to us and we also share with them that look right now we may not have a position for you but you can be connected to the journey that Patagonia is on by coming to our lunchtime talks, by coming to our evening events, um, by participating, you know, in maybe, you know, some of our campaigns. So, you know, we already semi on board uh, want to be, you know, candidates yeah. with us by making sure we involve them in the community uh, that we're in. And the community we're in is campaigns. It's taking action. It's partnering with people like Extinction Rebellion, but also, you know, Save the Rivers in, in you know, uh, in our Blue Heart campaign, we partnered up with many people who wanted to save the last uh, free-flowing uh, rivers in Eastern Europe. So we actively, you know, advocate for and ensure that, you know, we stay connected to people who do want to join us, but maybe don't have that opportunity yet because that role is not there. Um, but everyone plays a part in, in our story and in our journey um, as Patagonia. And that's why we also have a lot of external ambassadors uh, who want to join forces with us as well. And as well, you know, um, we obviously have a very strong focus on the, the, the customer experience on TELUS International Studios. And I'm curious about your thoughts on how... Having such a strong internal culture and, you know, being so clear about what you want and, and who you want on the, the Patagonia team driving everything forward, the, the impact that has on customers as well. In a way, do you feel that the, your customers are also brand ambassadors? They're, they're wearing the, the Patagonia clothes, not just because they're high quality, but also because it makes them a part of this movement and this campaign, uh, just like your internal teams. Oh, absolutely, uh, Patrick. I mean, uh, we we are, you know, absolutely linked to and and connected up to to our consumer, to our customer, and you know, we cherish that, and we put a lot of time and effort and focus within our customer services teams um, right across Europe and globally to ensure that we remain connected to. Um, our consumer and it's very important that we converse with and storytell with um, our consumer and our consumer you know we have a platform called Patagonia Action Works and you know that's again I think unique to Patagonia in that that platform connects up a myriad of NGOs and other businesses to each other via this platform who want to you know um, uh, either get advice or build capabilities together or volunteer their time, you know, to good causes. And those causes are fundamentally around, 
you know, um, making this planet a better place? You know, how can we reduce, reuse, recycle? You know, how can we really uh, bring about accountability and sustainability? And, you know, Patagonia Action Works is also where our consumers interface with us as well. Another example of how we interface with our consumers in a real authentic way is through our warmware story and concept. You know, our warmware tours is, you know, we basically can will repair anything for you for free. And that includes other people's, other companies' um, goods, you know. We have vans going around to the spaces we play in uh, and are situated in, whether it's our retail stores, our offices, the mountains, or the surfing venues, or the um, activism spaces. Our vans, we have warmware vans kitted out with people who can repair our clothes. Some of those are, are even our own uh, people internally uh, and people that we bring into our community who have that expertise. And, you know, we connect with our consumers, sharing their stories about their best love, you know, better sweater or, or vest that they have had from Patagonia and climb the mountains in. And, there, you know, there's a few rips or, or tears in it and they'd like us to um, repair it. And we repair it for them and we listen to their story and we listen to their feedback. And, you know, that's, uh, again, it comes back to what we talked about earlier in our um, uh, discussion. This storytelling element and that everybody connected to us and how we interface with our consumer. We also believe our consumer is our ambassador uh, because these are people who really want and uh, have a passion for our technical expertise. Uh, for causing the least amount of harm because they love and take pride in the spaces that they play in. And they don't want, they're, they're not your average consumer as in they think about their consumption, generally speaking, uh, our consumer, as we do, of course, think about our production. And, you know, generally speaking, they want to share in in, in the, that story and, and, and wear that sweater um, um, for something more than just, you know, buying that sweater. So I think we have a very conscious consumer, just the way that we are a very conscious uh, organization in how we lead and how we produce. Um, I, I think it's all connected up. Well, I think it's, it's it feels at the moment that we're in such a world driven by fast fashion and, you know, a race to the bottom in terms of price of, of cheap clothing that's so disposable. And it seems to me that, the, the the there there are so many people out there who who want to actively and visibly differentiate themselves from that and show the world that that I am I am not on board with this fast fashion movement and, and everything that comes with it and in a way uh, brands like Patagonia kind of empower them to do that in the sense of you know bringing them into a community that you're creating and and allowing them to show in quite a visible way that they are different in the same way that Patagonia is different Absolutely. Uh, and I mean, I think that people genuinely who buy and want to wear our brand, you know, uh, carry that uh, that mission with them. And I think that what we, you know, my, a good few years ago, you know, I think you probably have researched this as well. We brought out that famous, you know, ad in the paper saying, don't buy this jacket. And, it, you know, it created a kind of furore at the time, you know, Oh, is that Patagonia? You know, what kind of sort of consumer mind tricks is it playing? You know, it really just wants to sell more stuff and it's putting out this ad to say, don't buy this jacket. And, and you know, again, I think this is this has ultimately led us to the journey we're in today that we've been in from the start. And, 
you know, we keep having to make inroads in is this is to say that we we recognize we consume and we recognize also that we are uh, producing something and selling it to a consumer. And, you know, that that has an impact. Uh, what we're really fundamentally, I think, trying to achieve now with our mission is really through our customers, getting people to think carefully about how they consume. And this inspires then other organizations, uh, you know, to think about how they're producing. Because, you know, um, people want to spend their money now more and more with thinking about, you know, what is this company doing with regards to fair labor, uh, ensuring good supply chain uh, practices, uh, ensuring that they're not just um, producing for production's sake. Uh, I mean, there are many things, especially in the apparel um, sector, you know, where we've seen a lot of, with the fast fashion, um, people really having to be uh, you know, brought through the mires in, in, in public relations and in, in, in the media as well, uh, and consumers really boycotting um, these companies because they're not treating either their workers in a, in a fair matter, manner or, you know, they're not treating the earth in a fair manner because they're just, you know, it's just fast, uh, fast industry, let's say, never mind just fast, fast fashion. So consumers now are really putting it up to companies about how they make things and how they produce things. And um, I think also in this period of time during COVID-19, I think we're even seeing that more and more. You know, people have really started to take a, a reset and to rethink about what's valuable to them. And I think, you know, I, I think a lot of companies are seeing now that, you know, people have really taken stock of what's important in this in this life um, and ensuring that, you know, you're living your life as a good citizen that, you know, is also having a voice in changing industry or changing government's uh, point of view and how we do business. Well, look, and on that, one of my final questions to you, to Evelyn, um, if there are anyone, you know, in, in a HR directorship position or a, a customer experience lead position listening to the podcast who feel that, you know, maybe this is a time that um, we maybe take a little, tweak our approach a little bit and maybe double down on <clears throat> doing good, so to speak, on trying to uh, do things better maybe than we have been. And, you know, we can all, we can certainly all do that. D what would your advice be um, would you say to them that it doesn't matter what industry you're in, you can always sort of do good and try and um, try and not give back to, to the world as much as you're taking, so to speak? No, absolutely, Patrick. I fundamentally believe and I really have learned and been on a learning journey myself with being part of Patagonia and a mission driven organization. I fundamentally believe any company or any industry can go on the path to do good business. And I also believe now, especially with with the planet on fire, it's 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 also a moral obligation on leaders. And I think first and foremost, while it is a ground up, it's both a ground up and a top down approach, you know, to tackling this in any organization. I fundamentally believe that as a leader, as a leader in a business, you have certain entrepreneurial, you know, uh, license, and that means that you're not trying to, you know, change a governmental bureaucracy you know you have a business you have a live living system and i think it's uh, becoming on 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 leaders to think 
through the prism of systems thinking change to have intellectual honesty, you know, with their uh, employee base and with their shareholders and, and really bringing about, um, you know, what's what's the right signal in all this noise happening right now and steering the organization, uh, the key leaders in that and employees in the right direction and making the fundamental business case that, you know, happy employees who are given a voice who feel that they have a purpose and that their own organization is involved when they go home at the end of the day to their children or to the places that they love to visit for their sports um, are, are, are the nature in itself that we all inhabit, that if their organization is playing an active role in uh, you know, ensuring that there are fair practices uh, for all involved in their business, that you know there is some return to employees for being involved in that business and that they're treated fairly and with respect and that we are doing something also to give back to the planet because we're extracting from the planet i think it makes business sense to the consumer that you want to engage with because you know most companies are not going to get away from the consumer voice on this topic going forward so i think they have to stand up and acknowledge that you know, they do authentically have to become more compassionate and more conscious as leaders because happy people uh, within your community and within your organization really does lead to that you know, uh, better uh, engagement. And, and ultimately, you know, you're going to have the best diversity and the best inclusion in terms of your employee base within that organization. And you're going to have talent who really wants to, you know, make change and, and, and have a win-win for you and your business and, and the consumer. And I think, you know, this is really, really a time now um, in, in the world and in society that I think really it fundamentally stops with, with the leadership. And I think, you know, signing up to 1% for the planet, really aligning yourselves with the fundaments of the B Corporation movement, which means that you stand for more than profit alone, because at the end of the day, we all make something from this planet Earth. So therefore, we have to give something back to her. And I think our employees want us to do that. Our consumers want us to do that. And it's becoming on us as, as shareholders, as leaders, to ensure that that happens. Well, I know Patagonia has many interesting uh, plans and innovations in place to stick to stay true to this mission, such as, you know, moving towards carbon neutrality, using using only recycled products in the manufacturing process um, along the way. So we're going to watch with interest how you continue to navigate that course over the next few years, Evelyn. And having spoken to you, um, you are very persuasive and you're very clear about this. And I've already just emailed you my CV because I now want to work for Patagonia um, <laughs> as, a result, as a result of this, as I'm sure our listeners would as well. So Evelyn Doyle, HR Director of MIA Patagonia, it really has been fascinating speaking with you. And thank you so much for taking the time to, to uh, share your story and share your message with us today. No, no, thank you, Patrick, uh, for, for listening. And also thanks for the good questions. And I'll, I'll just leave you with someone also who, you know, I, I, I think a lot about in terms of Joanna Macy, you know, she wrote a book called Act of Hope. And, you know, I think this is something also that, you know, Yvonne Chenard and Melinda, true Patagonia is, you know, it's, it, this is something, you know, you asked me that question, you know, can any industry uh, do this, you know, be on the journey to do good business? And I think this is something we do rather than, you know, it, 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 it's a must have. You, you need to be clear about 
Joanna Macy says, um, active hope is something we do rather than have and be clear about what we hope for. And essentially that means your, you know, your intention to act. So I think, you know, for all companies out there, what's your intention? What's your authentic intention? But it's no good to just have that intention. You must act. And I think Patagonia fundamentally has, has proven it through its actions. And I think that's, that's, that's where we, we need to go. So thank you for your time today. Thank you so much, Evelyn, and continued success with Patagonia. All the best. Thank you. And I really enjoyed that interview. And thanks to you for tuning in. We will be back with a new episode of TELUS International Studios very shortly. If you like what you hear, make sure to hit that subscribe button or follow button so that you do not miss an episode. And if you'd like to find out more about TELUS International and the global and disruptive brands with whom we work, check out TELUSinternational.com. Until the next episode, take care.